Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. I am Union Tribune sports editor Ryan Finley here with Kevin Acey. Kevin, what's going on, man? Oh, what happened? Where was the music? Oh, you didn't hear the... I heard the music. You didn't hear the music? I did not hear a single thing. I'm sitting here preparing, thinking that John Kelly was still doing something to make us sound good, and all you guys are just watching me, and then you heroically, you step in and you start our podcast. I don't know if I've done 300 of these. First time I have never heard the music, um, unless, I, as I fear at this point in the season, I am losing my mind and the music was playing, but it just didn't register with me. Anyway, hello, Ryan. Lots to talk about. Where would you like to start? Because believe it or not, I am ready to go. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you for uh, feeling like you're losing your mind, <laughs> given some of the baseball you've watched. Padre fans got to see a very good, very consistent baseball team uh, over the weekend, and uh, they, they got to see them take three of four from the Padres. Uh, the L.A. Dodgers are legit with a capital L. Um, took it to the Padres, especially the last two days, Sunday and Monday. Uh, I guess, Kevin, the broad, glib question is, where are we now after that series heading into a, a two-game set in Seattle? You know, I, I think we're where we thought we'd be. I mean, honestly, I think we, we exchanged texts on Saturday night, uh, agreed um, or at least you, you posed it in the form of a question that I felt like you were saying, and I yeah. agreed that it was the biggest win of the year. And here's why I thought Saturday night was the biggest win of the year, because it meant they wouldn't get swept. Yeah, It meant to me that no matter what happened the next two days, like, you know, they'd probably be like four games back, even if they lost both, which they did. It meant they bounced back. Um, and this isn't the team they're chasing. They're not in a good situation, to answer your question. They're still right there. I wrote about it in the newsletter a couple days ago. There's a clear path to the playoffs. That doesn't change the fact that that was awful. That was awful in many ways. There are many troubling things happening, primarily with the pitching. Bryce Miller wrote about it today. We could talk about it. Um, it's been disappointing season. None of that is changed by the fact that they still play what uh, seven against the Diamondbacks in the next two weeks? They got three against the uh, my the Marlins uh, next week or the week after um, that long homestand. They've got three against the Phillies. They've got seven left this season against the Giants. It's there for the Padres if just for two weeks they can be the team that they are supposed to be. I say that unabashedly. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop qualifying this like oh the team we expected oh the team we thought. The team they're supposed to be, if they can do that, um, it's right there for them. That's my take. That's what mm -hmm. I think is real. Um, again, I want to stress, that doesn't mean this hasn't been really ugly. Yeah, yesterday especially, I, I thought had a little bit of a, of a gut punch feel to it. Padres get up big early. Uh, you know, I'm sitting there watching and listening and going, okay, well, they'll split with the Dodgers. All things considered, that's pretty great. And then here come the Dodgers. And the one thing that L.A. seems to do, at least when they play the Padres, their stars shine when they play the Padres. Mookie Betts hit a grand slam yesterday. Freddie Freeman got on base every time he came to the plate, it felt like. He, by the way, I came away. My, my takeaway from the weekend is I'm not sure there's a better player in the National League right now. Oh, love I, I think him. Just, just amazing. And he, uh, one of the, I think it was Jesse Agler or Tony Gwynn Jr., had the great point where, he can be whoever you need him to be at that moment. If you need a single, get a single. If you want him to let it rip, it can rip. Um, 
they got great performances out of their star players. The Padres, not so much. And I think, Kevin, this is where I want to start. Fernando Tatis had an RBI double yesterday. He's been an objectively not good player here in the last three weeks, something like that, month. What's going on? What is going on there? He's in a funk. I, I, I mean, he's gotten 119 since uh, July 23rd. That's 14 games, I believe. So we're talking about, you know, a little over two weeks. Uh, he's chasing. He's frustrated. And when Tatis is frustrated, now he, he's growing and uh, he'll grow. But when he's frustrated, sometimes things tend to tumble. That's been the, the way in his career. And then he pulls out of it and he's back to being Tatis. But you're right. Right now, for two weeks, it's kind of like, oh, Hassan Kim's going to get on, and then Tatis is going to come up. And that is something, I mean, we're not talking about living in a parallel universe. You just don't see it. I do want to say this. Things could be a lot different. Since July 24th, Bobby Witt Jr. has nine ball, has hit nine balls at least 378 feet. He is seven of nine with five home runs, a double, and a triple on those nine balls. Mm-hmm. Gary Sanchez has hit eight balls. He is seven of eight with six home runs and two and a double Tatis tied for second most balls put in play at 378 with his teammate Gary Sanchez and he is three of nine with two homers and a double he has lined out or flown out to center field five times wow hit the ball to left field pull the ball that's what we're always telling players pull the ball don't use the whole field no I'm kidding but so so there's no doubt he's in a funk there's no doubt he's hit some hard grounders, um, and and you know not gonna you know don't that I'm not like he he's in a funk. Mm-hmm. Had a few more of those balls fallen, wouldn't be talking about his funk. Yeah, I mean he had. I think yesterday, Kevin, and and, and correct me if I'm wrong here. Tatis had an infield single uh, on a very nice play at third by Kike. It was Hernandez. called an infield single, changed to an error, as it should have been. Oh, as it should have been Kike Hernandez, but uh, again, it uh-huh. should have been a ground out. And then he's a five-four-three double play victim later in the later yep. in the game. Now that ball was blistered. Don't get me yes. wrong. He, yep. he hit that hard. And the peripherals say that if you're hitting the ball hard, good things are going to start happening at some point. But I mean, it it seems goes two to weeks. Be, yeah. It seems to me, Kevin, there's been a lot of Hassan Kim leads off the game or the inning with a walk or a single. Tatis comes up, and it's either a double play or a ground out. And or Grisham mm-hmm. Cronenworth on base. Mm-hmm. Hassan Kim extends the inning. Tatis ends the inning. Yeah, yeah, which you don't – I have not come to expect from a guy who I <laughs> right. think when he's at his best is their best player. And right, right. It's just – it's, you know, it, it's funny. All the all the time and energy and column inches and words that we, that we spent earlier in the year wondering what was wrong with Juan Soto, wondering what was wrong with Manny Machado, those two guys have essentially reverted to who we think they've always been, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it's even Tatis. If Manny, yeah. Even if Manny cooled off, Manny's still not really getting uh, – sometimes letting you down in times when you really needed him. And that would be especially in contrast to when the Dodgers are in town and their guys, and it's been that way in all three series, that Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, uh, Will Smith, and even to some extent J.D. Martinez. And if J.D. Martinez is playing the Xander Bogarts role, which is, you know, the fourth best of the big four, 
then you know the Dodgers are just fine. Um, and but they have the other three guys, and in particular the two guys that are performing, and and the Padres do not. But yes, you're right. Manny has come through quite a bit. I, I still be, I believe even after yesterday uh, that he has more home runs than anyone since July 1st. Uh, more home runs as in the major leagues. Juan Soto, ha- the OPS has fallen a bit. It might not be this case now, but over the weekend, it rose to be above his his career average, which like, you know, it's like, when is uh, Juan Soto going to be that guy? Well, he has, He's that he has been that guy. Um, so, yes, you're right. But I've been, I've been preaching this. I've been pounding that drum. People have been talking about depth. Yes, okay, fine. But the big four, the big four is what was supposed to be what carried them. They're not that thus means the big four is the problem for the Padres. It's not the only problem, but it, it could mask these guys playing to their career norms could mask a lot with this team. They would be a playoff team. If those guys were uh, uh, performing to their career norms, you cannot say that about Jake Cronenworth, Trent Grisham. Um, Heck, Hassan Kim is far more than anyone thought that he was. I don't know, even the Padres, okay? And uh, you know, whatever else you want to talk about, the big four is letting down the Padres. That's all. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, you know, Kevin, they just all aren't hitting at the same time. You know, yeah. we, we had that talk early in the year, Kevin, where we went, well, Tatis has been great. Bogarts has been great. You know, if only Manny Machado would figure it out. And then Manny and Soto figure it out. And then Bogarts gets hurt and then falls off a cliff. Now Bogarts appears to be back or better, better than he was, better than he was before the All Star break. Yes. And Tatis has fallen off a cliff. And you know when you talk about when the story of this season is written, Kevin, um, they're either going to make the playoffs despite all that, or they're going to make the playoffs because of all that, or miss the playoffs because of all that. Right. They're three and three through since the trade deadline. By the way, the team they're playing is five and one since the trade deadline. The Mariners, uh, we didn't mention that because of Ryan having to save me at the start of this uh, episode, playing the Mariners two games. I'm here in Seattle. Uh, the Mariners have won five in a row. What is it? Hold on. Seven of eight, 10 of 12. You know, the kind of run the Padres need to go on. The Mariners freaking sold at the deadline. Now, like they didn't like sell off like a fire sale, but they didn't buy. And they're three traded their closer. The wild card in the American yeah. League. They traded their closer. They traded AJ Pollock. Um, you know, they're, they're running into a hot team. Uh, so anyway, uh, yes, you're right. And and I'm look, I'm I'm with you. I want to uh, amplify what you said about Xander Bogarts. I think it's hitting 320 since the All Star break. The reason that I was making those faces I make uh, and and sort of uh, like and eh, he's okay is the guy has like two RBIs since uh, the All Star break. He's he's not doing what a $25 million a player, a million a year player. He hasn't done that since the first 30 games of the season. Now we've had the wrist situation, but like Xander Bogarts isn't, isn't a number five hitter right now. Like he's a number seven. You'd be like, all right, cool. Look at our number seven hitters hitting 320, you know, and, and that can't, that just can't go on. No, no, they can't go it's not that slugging. Can't go on. I think he has two doubles and a home run or something since uh, the all-star break. It's uh, it just can't go on like this. If the Padres are are a leaky boat, Kevin, it, it seems like they've patched some of their problems and then sprung new leaks. And the latest <laughs> leak to me is starting pitch. And yeah. you know, shortly after we finished our last conversation on Friday, the Padres announced that Joe Musgrove's out essentially indefinitely, at least three weeks, um, with swelling in his shoulder capsule. Um, this is a team that is still awaiting the return of Michael Waka. 
This is a team that with its season hanging in the balance the last two days, uh, ran out Rich Hill, who was shelled, and ran out Seth Lugo, who's been great. Well, he was not the good Seth Lugo in, in Monday's loss to the Dodgers. If they need to find somebody to plug into this rotation, what are their options? Well, Nick Martinez will go today. Right. Pedro Avila, who I'm telling you, Pedro Avila is one of those guys who he, every time he's come up, not every time, but it's been like, what, a half a dozen times this guy's come up since, what, 2019 maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, and every time why I just said it again. Uh, but like a lot of times this guy is going to give you five innings in one run. And mm-hmm. it's like, and, and you know what? He's got a lot of confidence and he has a good curveball, and maybe that guy's an option. Now mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sugarcoat this. Everything you just said is correct. And yeah, like uh, the, the Padres had, they still do have the most quality starts in the national league. Disparage the quality starts if you must, but I wrote about it the other day. Look at what other teams do when they get quality starts. Mm-hmm. But my point being, the starting pitching has been largely healthy despite Joe's troubles uh, early in the year and uh, has been really good. And uh-oh, right? Like now they couldn't capitalize not. on it, right? Like everything else good. They couldn't capitalize mm-hmm. on it. And uh-oh, here's what's happening. By the way, like three – don't ask me about an injury today. Like three mm-hmm. shows in a row, right? You've asked me about an injury, and like mm-hmm. six minutes after we finish, uh, it's a, it's like the opposite of what, you know, uh, the team has said and or like I have speculated. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just stop. It's like, uh, you know, you, I can't I can't predict uh, what uh, is going on with injuries. The, the Padres Trump. doctors can't. Um, so, uh, yeah, their options, they're, they're gonna, like, I, you know, like you said, just a little bit ago, uh, either they're going to, or they're not right. Like right. either they're going to patch this thing together or they're not, um, uh, look, yeah. the, the bullpen, Luis Garcia is pitching in a six run game, uh, like a minus, not a plus, uh, a minus six run game yesterday. Uh, Scott Barlow got shelled a uh, bad day when the opponent, the opposing team scores 13 runs and they scored in two innings. Uh, yeah. Seth Lugo gave up the most earned runs in his career in one inning. That's it mm-hmm. in his career in a game in one inning and Scott Barlow, the new uh, reliever gave up the most runs he's ever given up in a game in an inning. So bad day, bad day, bad day, bad day. What are Vince Velasquez and we both uh, just Jake did our or... Ted Leitner come? Uh, uh, we we both just did a Ted Leitner impersonation. Bad day, bad day. Got to repeat the words. Yeah, just repeat it. The, 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 later we'll refer to them as dem boys and my Padres versus your Padres. Um, love Ted. I love Ted Leitner. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you stepped on my where's Vince Velasquez and Jake Arietta when you need them. Uh, wisecrack there at the end, Kevin. Um, it's <laughs> because very, when I you see know, there's a lot of things that are reminiscent of that year, it hasn't got to that level yet, but it, but it, yeah, it has echoes. Yeah, I have a little PTSD from that season. Um, uh, just from my previous life as a guy who watched the Padres for fun and. When I see guys struggle to get out of the third inning and when I, when you go, well, it's okay. We'll convert a reliever to a starter. When those things happen, I get a, I I break out in hives. And so uh, very curious to see what the next week brings. And Kevin, I think that's what we should talk about next. Like you had said earlier in the show, this is all still right in front of them. I mean, yeah, you look bad against the Dodgers three nights out of four, but the teams that they're playing in the next week, week and a half, uh, are the teams they need to leapfrog. I mean, Seattle's, you know, interleague. Yeah. But then you're playing the Diamondbacks in a four-game series and a three-game series in the next 
what, 10 days? I mean, yeah, you're playing the Diamondbacks who have lost uh, 18 of 23. The, Mar- the Marlins come to town in a little bit. They have lost 17 to 22. Now you have the Cubs uh, and, and the Cincinnati. Cincinnati's holding the final wild card spot. You got them ahead of you. But when you've got two teams, the only reason the Padres are in this, for as much as we've talked about, oh, they had the second best record in the major leagues in July, it wasn't great. It was 15 and 10. Um, I mean, that's good enough if you hadn't, you know, blown it uh, in a couple of uh, previous months. But, uh, you know, as much as we're talking about they're playing better, the reason they're still in this is because the Marlins and the Diamondbacks, you know, have come back to earth, right? Mm -hmm. It took longer than we thought. They've come back. You've got the Cubs in front. They've won 15 of 19. Um, But this is entirely doable. And, like, there's no way to quantify this. I don't care if you took the year it would take to go through uh, like all of the rosters ever of teams that were four games back with 49 games to play and you compared the rosters. I don't know there's a precedent for a team underachieving this badly that is four games back. As, and what I'm saying is a team that like that seemingly could turn it around and go on a run here and win mm-hmm. 12 of 15 and be two games up in the wild card race. That, that, I don't know because I'm not talking about a team that started out with great expectations and suffered some injuries. The big four is healthy guys. Like, you know, relatively speaking, right. And tell Joe Musgrove, the pitching staff, just fine. Like you, you, the bullpen, just fine. Haven't, you know, other than uh, Drew Pomeranz, who you didn't expect to have anyway, just fine. I'm talking about a team that has no excuse other than that. They're playing poorly. That is sitting here four games back that you're like, I'm talking about opposing broadcasters, writers, coaches that I know, players that I know. When they come to town or the Padres are in town and you talk to them, they're like, how's this happening? It's not like in 21 where opposing teams eventually were like, uh, yeah, we're playing them and, and there's something wrong, right? Like you, you can kind of see it. That's not happening right now. People are like, what is going on? People smarter than any of, like, either of you and I, in terms of baseball smarts, have been smarter than, you know, most people listening in terms of baseball smarts are like, what is happening? How are they not doing this? Because, again, the peripherals say they should be good, right? I mean, the 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 run differential stuff, uh, your Pythag stuff, uh, if you believe that that is a way to explain the future a little bit, or predict the future a little bit. This is a team that since like May should be much better than it is and just isn't at this point. Um, Kevin, let's talk about the Mariners a little bit. Um, Not just because they're the Padres natural rival. Can I use air quotes? Natural (laughs) rival. Huge. Eddie, the Eddie Vedder cup. Somebody else uh, came up with that idea. Um, You know, this is a franchise that reminds me a little bit of the Padres. Um, they, they can't seem to settle on uh, on uniform colors. Um, they, they've had superstar players. You know, Ken Griffey is their Tony Gwynn. Um, it seems like they're competitive most years. Like the Padres, this year there were some great expectations in Seattle, and they have just kind of fallen short. What's gone on there, and uh, where are they as we enter this two-game series? Now, here's the thing. Like I said, they've won five, a straight, uh, five straight. Um, they are three games back in the wild card. You, everything you said is absolutely, I, I agree. Um, I think they did it more like the Padres. Like they got good players, right? They made some good trades and, and did what they did last year, made it to the division series. And 
but they don't have the Padres payroll no, or the Padres no, no. Um, supposed talent. Um, but so like, it's disappointing. It's, I don't think it's anywhere near like people have debated. Is it the Padres? Is it the Mariners earlier in the season? Um, the, is it the Cardinals? I think the Padres are the most disappointing team. Yes. The Cardinals. Yes. That's a historic franchise. That's always there. And they're having a terrible year. Uh, but like, yeah, I, the, the Mariners uh, are a good team. You look like Boom, boom, J.P. Crawford, uh, mm-hmm. Ty France, uh, Julio Rodriguez, uh, their pitching staff. I mean, like poor Blake Snell, you know, uh, I don't mean to get Blake in trouble. Uh, you know, he'd be, you know, uh, he could still sign here. Uh, mm-hmm. But like it, when he becomes a free agent, he'd love to come back to Seattle. They got mm-hmm. way too much good young starting pitching to sign Blake Snell. So uh, this, is a, this is a, if you want to talk about a team that's set up, I, I think they, and I think they did, real well at the trade deadline. I don't know what they got back. I'm not, I, I don't pay attention to anyone. Like I pay attention to the Padres. What I'm saying is they traded, they got some things back to help them. Maybe in the future, they didn't really give up much. And like I said, look at them. They're five and one since the trade deadline. I think they have a really good team. I think this is a very, uh, you know, it's a difficult series. Uh, they, they face Logan Gilbert, who they've had trouble with. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and they face uh, Brian Wu, I think. Now, the, the Mariners just called up uh, one of their top pop pitching prospects, but he's not supposed to pitch here, I don't believe. So right now it's Logan Gilbert and, and Brian Wu going against Nick Martinez slash bullpen, depending on how far Nick can go, and then tomorrow you Darvish. You Darvish. You know who they got when they traded Paul Sewald, by the way? USD's Paul Sewald. Yes. They did. You know who they, they got one of my favorite players. They got your boy. They got your boy. Yes. yes. Josh Rojas. Yes, Josh yes. never met him. Gonna might go see him today. Uh, just absolutely. I just think he's a gamer. That's the like he's a gamer. He's a guy. I like him. And a couple of minor leaguers, I believe, from the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's interesting, Kevin. Yeah, it's it's a weird series to sort of put in the. It's coming off a piggyback or a wraparound game Monday. Wrap you're putting it right. Yeah, you're putting it right before a huge series with the Diamondbacks. Um, just very, very strange all the way around. Yeah, let's be honest, man. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. If this trip doesn't go well, then we're 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 talking obituaries. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't, you know, yeah. I think one and five kind of occurred to me. Like, yeah. yeah, like I don't want to be dramatic. I don't think I am being dramatic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, one in five. I, I'm one in five. You could be seven games out. We're we're done. I don't give a I don't give a darn after that. You're you're out. Mm-hmm. You're done. Right. But it's also a chance to leapfrog it. And this is a different show. Yes. This will this will be. Friday show is uh, the Diamondbacks are a wounded animal at this point. And it's a chance to, I mean, you get them now twice yeah. in the span of yeah. a week to make up ground on a team that was playing much better than the Padres were until about a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? Early in the year, maybe young guys hadn't found their footing. I mean, the, and the Padres, uh, what, split with them and then took three of four, right? Mm-hmm. So that's Padres took four of six then. They, it's been, you know, it's been a couple years. They they kind of owned them. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't get to face Madison Bumgarner anymore. But uh, you know what's happened with the Diamondbacks is what we thought would happen. Uh, got a really good young team with some really good parts, some dangerous players, uh, the pitching depth, and look, the the grind of the season, man. The grind of the season for a team to get through is uh it's rough and and so that's why baseball is as long as it is and the Padres need to take advantage of it now right the reason why people still talk about the amazing Mets or the Rays that made the World Series that one time is because by and large many teams are who you expect them to be in baseball plus or minus 10 games right there's not I mean this year I think the Mets are are an exception I think that 
the Padres are on their way to being an, ex- an exception, maybe the Cardinals, but most teams are what their roster says they are. Right, Unlike, right. There's a couple teams that have jumped up, uh, right. maybe uh, exceeded their uh, their window, like like opened it up a little sooner. Uh, I'm super impressed. Can't wait to see the Orioles in town yeah. uh, at the start of next week. Uh, but you are correct. Exactly. That is why um, I have spoken so confidently, not like, oh, they're going to make the playoffs, but confidently that it's not over, right? Like, mm-hmm. like because history in this game, more than other sports, tells you, you know, w- what is going to happen a lot. And yeah. uh, so, you know, you can't whatever, anomalies happen, mm-hmm. though. It's beauty. I hear that's why they play the game. I've been told that that's baseball. Um, yes, 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 yes. yes. Hey, uh, re- real quick before we go, uh, it's a small sample size. I was a little surprised that G Man Choi is playing as much as he is, and a little surprised that Garrett Cooper isn't. Um, is, is this their role going forward, or is it just dictated by the handedness of the pitcher? It is at this point dictated by the handedness of the pitcher, G Man okay. Choi, who's what now 0 for 8 with like two walks. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is what you got, right. Uh, right. This is what you got. Okay. So this is a essentially a straight – we're envisioning basically a straight platoon here? Yeah. That's what okay. uh, Bob Melvin has explicitly said, uh, and that's what it has uh, been so far. I mean, and then not maybe early in the game a couple times, maybe at least once I thought of. Uh, Choi faced a left-hander, but that was early in the game. It was too soon for uh, Bob to pull the, the trigger on that. But other right. than that, then – Cooper has come in to face a left-handed reliever. It's, it, Kevin, it, I know that you don't go to games for fun, um, but but obviously you are fans conduit to the team. What sort of blowback or reaction have you gotten at all to the Padres' decision to raise season ticket prices for the third straight year? Those are tough because uh, I don't I don't put a lot of. Now notice I'm not saying that I put no stock. But I don't put a lot of stock in, in what is said on Twitter because it tends to be the mob mentality. And, you know, that's basically the modern day version of tar and feathering uh, someone or drowning a teenage girl because we think she's a witch. Uh, that's that's Twitter. Uh, so but the blowback has been severe. The timing is not good. And I do think the reality is, I mean, it's a question. I don't. Here's my first reaction. Yeah, they were going to raise ticket prices. <laughs> the payroll's right. up. It's not entirely Peter Seidler who is going to, uh, you know, shoulder the, the burden of this payroll. Uh, so mm-hmm. after not raising ticket prices for, what, five years? Mm-hmm. They they have for three years in a row. And, and I know that for some people that means that th- what they were paying three years ago, it's up 50, 60, 70 mm-hmm. percent. A really good question is how much is too much? Right, right, right. Our, a, a mutual friend of ours, perhaps a former co-host of yours, uh, tweeted this morning that his season tickets have gone up 70% since he first bought them. And, so I think it's over the three years. Yeah. Yeah, since, yeah. Over yeah. the three years. Right. Yes. Since yes. the rises. Yeah, yeah. So yep. what that means, and let's just say, I do not know what Jay Posner pays for his tickets, but I know that he has a half-season ticket. Mm-hmm. Always been impressed by that. Puts his money where his mouth is, right? Could go mm-hmm. for free. Puts money where his mouth is, takes a friend, takes his uh, wife. Um, that I, but let's just say it's $50 a game. Mm-hmm. So he was paying two grand, four grand for two tickets. Mm-hmm. He's now paying 6400 for two tickets, if that is the case, right? Right, right. 
okay, I mean, Jay's rich, doesn't matter for Jay, <laughs> but let's just say that uh, let's just say that that he that he wasn't. Um, that's a that's a big deal, man. That's a big deal. Or is it sixty eight hundred? Actually, the math. Uh, math is yeah. I don't know We're what talking to a journalism about, Math is not it. Uh, but but yeah. I mean, look, that's a lot. I'm not saying the Padres are wrong. I'm not saying this isn't how it goes. Um, I didn't get a chance to look it up, but. Um, and I, season ticket data isn't the same as how much it costs to go to a game, but the Padres still are not like the most expensive. I mean, like this was going to happen, but it is a question in this market with a team in fourth place that might not make the playoffs. How much is too much? Interesting that in the letter that was set out that uh, the email that was sent out to uh, season ticket holders signed by Eric Gruppner, the CEO, you know, he didn't just say there's a waiting list. He said, there's a waiting list. A lot of people want your tickets. Uh, I, you know, good for them. <laughs> but they're, uh, they're, they're, they're letting you know, hey, there's a lot of people that want this inventory. So right. yes, be we'll right. See. Don't do anything rash. Yeah, I'm of the belief, Kevin. And again, I don't have season tickets. Um, I've got too many kids to have season tickets. Because <laughs> um, you got to take them all. Uh, but here, here's the thing. I, the reality is I think if the Padres were five games better than the standings, this wouldn't be a story or as much of a story at this point. Um, okay, yep. yep. Uh, I think that, uh, and, and maybe Jay can speak for himself on this, but I, I think that if the four, if the big four were delivering and if this was the best season in Padre history or line or looking like it might be um, that sort of news might go over a little bit better. The reality is, is they picked a terrible time to raise season ticket prices because they, uh, the Dodgers were in town and, and beating the Padres are, twice in a row. I think you are correct, generally speaking. There are mm-hmm. uh, always uh, a segment that are going to complain about anything, but I think that most people are, or, or, or I think there's a, enough people that are cognizant enough of the reality of life of, you know, oh, they brought all these players in. Oh, they say they want to keep payroll at least, you know, at a reasonable level. Um, oh, okay, yeah. But with this season and with the timing, yeah, rough, rough. Yep. The Arizona Diamondbacks, Kevin, offer a deal. Every year when kids get out of school, and in Arizona kids get out of school in mid to late May, and it's you can go to every Diamondbacks game left on the schedule for 100 bucks a person, which is insane. They don't have right. anybody with the star power. You know, Padres have seven guys with more star power than the Diamondbacks, and that's why the Diamondbacks – basically can't give away upper deck tickets, even with a competitive team. And you just nailed it, right? Like why they do that. They yep. basically can't give away uh, uh, generally bad team in a horrible bottom five ballpark. With the roof closed. That's yes. why they do that. That's yes. why they do that. The Padres don't have to do that if you owned a fertilizer company, you or a uh, you know a copy machine company or whatever, you wouldn't give away your product or discount it if you didn't have to, right? right. Like like the 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 comparison, the Diamondbacks just yeah, like the Padres. I'm not. I don't think anyone should be upset that tickets are expensive, as as has often happened. Um, it seems their timing. Mm-hmm isn't great. And I don't know what they do about it. Right. They got to let season ticket holders know, right. Like right. they, they got to do it. It's, it's not Eric Gruppner's fault that the, the team did what, you know, the, what happened in the fourth inning happened in the fourth inning yesterday. Right. 
right? It's true. Kevin, I grew up going to Super Five Buck Monday or Wednesdays or Mondays, something like that, at the old Jack Murphy Stadium. And it was five bucks to sit in the lower view. And with the exception of Tony Gwynn, the great exception of Tony Gwynn, we got what we paid for. And I think that that's exactly <laughs> what, what's happening here is to a certain extent, the Padres are saying, yeah, it's expensive, but you're going to get what you pay for here. And that's well, big names, if nothing else. So Big names. Hey, and big names. I think that they were correct. It's not just winning. It's a, it's a town uh, because of all this other stuff we got going on because of the expense. Uh, it's a town where you got to win. But I, the big names have been a big part of it, man. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, this weekend, by the way, a big part of it was the Dodgers were in town. I was taken aback. Look, I'm the one who witnessed all, but like after the playoffs, early in the season, it wasn't quite like this. These were big time Dodgers crowds. Yeah. Like yeah. kudos to the Padres fans who showed up and battled them, you know, with the voices and, and mm-hmm. when things were going well. Um, and certainly the Dodgers winning three of four, having the big innings had a lot to do with it. The crowds were pretty much split wow. most of the nights. And, and even yesterday I was surprised fewer Dodger fans, but they, you know, I guess they don't work. Um, and, you know, but like it, that will continue to happen with, you know, some of the other teams that have historically more fans the last couple of years when the Padres are good, they didn't right. Like the Padres fans were still showing up, maybe not so selling their tickets, but like, you know, mm-hmm. I just wonder, and to use Jay Posner's word, it's a, a tipping point. Yeah. When is, when is it too much uh, yeah. for Padres fans? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And that seems like a great place to stop because we have gone over a little bit. Kevin, this might be our longest show ever. I think it is. Kevin, enjoy your time in Big Ten country. Seattle, Washington. See, because they joined the hey, Big Ten. It's I'm just going to stare into – I'm going to do some work over here while you uh, – that's my new thing. I'll just, you know, pretend that – or, you know, be oblivious. Okay. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of the Hot Lava Podcast. For Kevin Acey, I'm Ryan Finley. We'll see you next time.